All right, this week, our one-verse wonder is a fellow named Uriah, but not the Uriah you're thinking of. Our Uriah is found in Isaiah chapter 8. There are six men named Uriah in the Bible. Let me list them out for you. The most famous, of course, is Uriah the Hittite, one of David's mighty men who was married to Bathsheba before David stole her and had him killed. The second, Uriah, was a high priest in Jerusalem who built an altar for King Ahaz in 2 Kings chapter 16. The third was a priest who helped rebuild the wall of Jerusalem in Ezra 8 and Nehemiah 3. The fourth was a different priest who stood with Ezra as he read the law and addressed the people. The fifth was a prophet who was killed by King Jehoiakim in Jeremiah chapter 26. And the sixth is our man, a priest who was with Isaiah as a witness to the writing of a particular scroll. Our text is Isaiah 8 verses 1 and 2. Our man's found in verse 2, but let me read this for us. It says, Moreover, the Lord said to me, Take a large scroll and write on it with a man's pen concerning Maher Shalal Hashbaz, and I will take for myself faithful witnesses to record Uriah the priest and Zechariah the son of Jeberechiah. Maher Shalal Hashbaz. I practiced it in the car coming over. <laughs> Isaiah had a very difficult ministry of proclaiming the need for repentance, the coming destruction, and future glory that awaited the people of God, just like most of the prophets. In this particular case, Isaiah was to take a large scroll and write on it with a man's pen concerning Maher Shalal Hashbaz, who we find out in verse 3 of this chapter is Isaiah's son. You go one more verse and you realize that Maher Shalal Hashbaz is Isaiah's son. I'm going to get it in there as many times as I can. You know, we've been getting comments in that there's not enough Maher Shalal Hashbaz studies going on, so... Uh, When it says there in that verse, take a man's pen, it simply means that Isaiah's words and inscription were to be simple and plain for any person to understand. Uh, Let let me read the verse verse 1 again in the Amplified Bible translation. kind of makes some better sense. No, I skipped that one part. Then the Lord said to me, take a large tablet of wood, metal, or stone and write upon it with a graving tool and in ordinary characters which the humblest man can read. The scroll was to be a warning to the people and it was to be accessible and understandable to them. For this task that uh, the Lord placed on Isaiah, two men were called upon to join in, Zechariah and Uriah. They were to act as spiritual notaries for this document that Isaiah was preparing. It says there that they were faithful witnesses who would record what God had said and what Isaiah had written. And so Uriah is a good example for us this morning because we too are called by God to be witnesses. You know the verse, Acts 1a, Jesus said, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Like Uriah, God asks each one of us this morning to be witnesses. And what we can learn this morning is twofold. The reputation of a witness of God and the operation of a witness of God. And so first... Uh, The most important issue is the reputation of a witness of God, our reputation. What character trait is God most concerned with in the lives of his men? It's given to us right here in this passage, faithfulness. Throughout the Bible, we're reminded that God is primarily focused on our faithfulness to him. Not greatness, not largeness, not intelligence, not even effectiveness. You look at Jeremiah's life and you see that God's not even primarily concerned with effectiveness He's just concerned with faithfulness. 
In the beginning of Isaiah, God explains to the people that all their sacrifices and all their ritual and all their to-do meant nothing to him because their hearts were unfaithful. On Sunday, we saw how Saul's power and his position and his prominence, his earthly success, was all ignored by God in light of his unfaithful disobedience. That's what the Lord cares about. As Christian men, our primary goal in life must be faithfulness to God. Biblical faithfulness is described for us here in these few words of Isaiah chapter 8. First, we must be faithful to remember what the Lord has said. That happens as we pour over his word and commit it to our hearts. Second, we must be faithful to stand beside our fellow laborers, our fellow Christians. God not only calls us to salvation, but he then calls us to specific areas of ministry and service with other people so that we can work together for him. Faithfulness then becomes more than just knowing the word of the Lord, which is important, it is necessary. But it's more than that, it's also being part of the calling that God's word has placed on our lives. In fact, this word faithfulness there has a lot of nuances to it, like most Hebrew words do. It can mean supportive, edifying, trustworthy, reliable, or honest. It can mean a lot of different things. And so as Christians, we must be men who are faithful, and we are faithful by being supportive. Supportive of God's work in our community, supportive of the people God has called us to minister alongside. We must be edifying in our language and in our decision making. We must build up others by serving them and using the gifts that God has given us on behalf of his church. We are faithful by being trustworthy, men who can be trusted uh, for our honesty and, and our consistency in how we behave and how we speak that our yes would be yes, as Jesus said, and that our, we would be men who are not rash or blowed, or blowed about by all sorts of doctrines or deceptions that are out there, men who are trustworthy. We are faithful by being reliable, that we show up to serve the Lord when he's asked us to serve, whether that be in the family or on an individual level or corporately here in the church, that we be reliable and available, present to do what needs doing to faithfully support the ministry of God and fulfill the calling he has placed on our lives. Our reputation, our character should be defined dominantly by faithfulness. That when a person looks into us, they can see these traits and describe us as faithful. That we are men who are trustworthy and men who are reliable and men who support the Christians around us and support the work of the Lord. Men who are honest. Biblical faithfulness being seen in our, in our relationships with our wives and in our finances and in our serving and in our devotional life and in all those areas that we always talk about from God's word that we be described by those traits that we just listed and be described overall as men who are faithful. That's the standard we are given as men who are set apart to serve the Lord. Matthew twenty-five twenty-one. What does the Master say, say? He says, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. That's what we're going for. Not greatness, not intelligence, not any of that other stuff that sometimes as human beings we ascribe you know, uh, uh, value to. God is going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. That's the adjective he uses. That is the reputation of a witness of God. But then what is the operation of a witness of God? Uriah was called not only to be a faithful witness, because he was a faithful witness, he was called to then operate in a certain way, and he was called to record what God had said and what, Uriah, uh, what Isaiah wrote. That recording was to be a testimony of the, uh, to the people of Israel. It was to be a retelling of the message that God had sent on their behalf. Uriah and Zechariah were to hear this message from the Lord given to Isaiah, 
see what God had said, and then go and testify. They were to go and admonish the people in plain, simple language that anyone can understand to tell them that God had spoken and what that message was. God's word isn't delivered to us so that we can hide it away and keep it to ourselves. God's word is to be a light for the dark world that those in darkness might be saved. In fact, the name Uriah even means light or flame of Jehovah. And so, you know, the idea is that he was to go out with the message of God and be a light. We remember the song, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel? No, No. I'm going to let it shine. And so a faithful witness records and testifies not only what God has said, but what God has done. Going to the ends of the earth as the Lord leads him about, no matter the personal or national or global situation, wherever he is, shining the light of God's love and grace and salvation into a dark and dying world. Uriah, the light of Jehovah. Paul put it this way in 2 Timothy 2.2. He instructed Timothy and he said, And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So there we get this whole idea. Faithful, witness, you know, faithful witnesses teaching others, taking the message that we have heard and, and, and testifying of those things personally to those around us. And so faithful Christian take, takes God, excuse me, faithful Christians take God's word and they take God's gifting and God's leading and they go out and then they teach others about their need for salvation and God's provision of a savior. And I, you know, I know for myself when I start thinking about, you know, you, you're supposed to go and teach people, I think sometimes I subconsciously ascribe too much formality to that. You know, as we see in, in you know, most situations in the Bible, there was a lot of times where there was official teaching where somebody stood up and taught the people, whether it was on Mars Hill or whether it was Jesus, you know, teaching the people in the temple or in the synagogues or whatever. But the truth is the vast majority of those transactions happen on just an interpersonal level as you share the testimony of what God has said and what he has done in your life. Just sharing that Uh, that word that the Lord has given you by the power of his spirit which he has given you through the gifts which he has given you as you tell people about their need for a savior and the provision that God has made for that salvation. This is what Isaiah's ministry was all about. And Uriah had been brought into this calling to go and tell the people that judgment was coming but that deliverance was possible and that God has a a plan for our future, a very glorious plan if we turn to him as Lord. This calling would not have been easy, but it was very simple. And so as a faithful witness, Uriah was called into this ministry to hear God, to support one another, and to share what the Lord had said and done with those people who desperately needed to hear it. The nation of Israel desperately needed this message. They rejected it. We know that. But they needed to hear this message that judgment was coming and that there was an opportunity for repentance and salvation and deliverance. Now there's one more devotional thought as we close. For a while, my wife Kelly worked as a notary and a legal assistant at a law firm in Fresno after college. And so she, I was asking her about this, you know, and she explained to me that as a notary, her job was to verify who was present at the signing of the document. A notary doesn't really verify the document itself, but who was present at the signing of the document. The focus was not on, you know, if the words, you know, of that document were, you know, uh, uh, well, she was just she was there to to verify who was present. The verification of the presence of the signatories 
who she would identify. And so Uriah was our example this morning, and he was called to be a sort of spiritual notary. There was a transaction and a document, and Uriah was there to witness the Lord and his word. And so devotionally speaking this morning, God has proven that his word is true. You know, he has proven again and again scientifically and archaeologically and historically that his word is verifiable and true. The document doesn't need our personal verification. But as spiritual notaries, if we want to be used by the Lord, if we want to be faithful before the Lord, if we want to have a part in the plan that God has for his kingdom and in this world, then we must be in his presence. Spiritual notaries need to be in the presence of the Lord. We must hear from him ourselves. We must be in his company often so that he can fill and direct and empower us directly. Then and only then will we be men who are faithful and usable for God's glory. Men who can testify of God's plan because we have been in God's presence. That's the deal. That as we spend time before the Lord in his company, we can then receive from him his calling on our life and his plan and then we can go out and personally testify that this is what God has done in my life. I once was blind but now I see and here's what the Lord has said to me and here's what he's been doing in my life and here's what he's been doing in the life of fellow Christians who I am supporting and joining in together as we go throughout the world as the Lord's witnesses. And so be a Uriah, shine God's light, be faithful, be useful and be in God's presence today.